Arsenal mark their return to the Champions League in style with a 4-0 victory over PSV Eindhoven. We're going to be reacting to the game live from Emirates Stadium on this edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm Martin. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Just want to apologise in advance for any background noise. I am still here at Emirates Stadium sitting uh, in the press box and I thought I'd do uh, our reaction podcast now uh, rather than make you guys wait until the morning because I've got plenty of stuff that I need to get done uh, before the evening is over. But yeah, this was too good a game uh, not to jump on and comment on uh, nice and swiftly. The Gunners running out 4-0 winners uh, in this one against PSV Eindhoven. It was a really, really comfortable evening for Mikel Arteta's side, which is kind of what you want in terms of A, building confidence, but B, in terms of with the North London derby coming up at the weekend, I don't feel like Arsenal really massively exerted themselves. We were able to make changes in the second half as well, protect some of our key players. Uh, Zinchenko went off, someone that we always have concerns over when it comes to his fitness. Leandro Trossard, who made his mark again tonight, uh, made way as well in the second half, as did, um, of course, Gabriel Jesus and Bukayo Saka. And even Declan Rice managed to get off towards the end of the game as well. So, yeah, um, a really, really good night all round. We're going to talk about the team selection because Mikel Arteta made a big call, I think, putting David Raya in between the sticks for this one. I have to say I expected and thought Aaron Ramsdale actually deserved to come back in uh, to the 11 for this one. He didn't. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit and we'll talk about the performance. Remember, we'll bring you another show tomorrow uh, once I've been able to watch the game back again. So we'll be able to break it down a little bit more tactically then. But uh, let's start off then with the team selection. In fact, before we do the team chat, uh, a big hello to everybody um, that is uh, joining us uh, of course, in the live chat. Good to see so many of you hopping on uh, straight after the game. It's always great to see uh, the support and the love. And obviously, your interaction is very, very valuable. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel uh, if you haven't done so already as well. As we continue to crawl towards uh, 30,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on audio, you know the draw by now. Leave us a review, all of the rest of it. Right. Um, just looking out on the rain and, and wondering... Um, what a nightmare I'm going to have trying to get home uh, in this. The, the thought of walking to one of the local train stations uh, in this is, is putting me off leaving, I have to say. Um, there's a good chance that I'm going to hop in an Uber tonight, I think, uh, all the way home. But anyway, that's enough about that. Have you hit the like button yet? Let's have a quick look where we are in terms of likes. We've got nowhere near enough on the board considering how many of you are watching. But anyway, team selection. Big, big call uh, from Mikel Arteta to... Pick David Raya ahead of Aaron Ramsdale. There was a lot of discussion in the lead up to this game off the back of Mikel Arteta picking Raya against Everton. Would he stick with the Spaniard or would he bring uh, Aaron Ramsdale back into the side, who obviously played such a big part um, in, in getting Arsenal back to this level, getting Arsenal back into the Champions League? He took the decision uh, to go with Raya. I thought Raya had a fairly comfortable night. He had to do a few bits and pieces here and there, a few claims, a, a few comfortable routine saves, I would say. He had the ball at his feet plenty. Um, he pushed up um, into sort of almost like a centre-back position really, really often as well. Um, 
And uh, and I thought his distribution, as is pointed out by Oisin in the comments, was was excellent. So he didn't put a foot wrong again. But again, it wasn't a game in which I thought he was massively tested. So I'm still, you know, look, I'm not saying that I'm not sure about Raya or that the jury's out on him. I think he's a brilliant goalkeeper and it's great to have both of them uh, in our ranks and, and the ability, uh, of course, to make that change when we want, when one's in form. If they drop out of form, you've got the other one to come in. And obviously, you never know what can happen in football. You can easily lose uh, a goalkeeper or any player, for that matter, for a long period of time and find yourself in a spot of bother. So to be able to have both of them in our squad shows you that we're building a squad. It's not just the first 11 anymore. And when you look at some of the options we brought off from the bench uh, later on in the game, uh, you really get the impression that the depth that we've managed to to build over the course of this summer and, and the last few transfer windows is really starting to come together now. I feel sorry for Aaron Ramsdale, though. I have to say that, you know, he's... I think he's been great for Arsenal since he's joined the club. Um, he's made a few mistakes here and there, but what keeper wouldn't playing the number of games that Aaron Ramsdale does? We talked a lot before about his playing style, the style that Mikel Arteta demands and the risks that that brings. Um, and so, yeah, some of those mistakes were going to be inevitable. And I'm sure if David Raya plays for the rest of the season, he will make a mistake at some point um, because that's that's the nature of the role, as I keep saying, that Mikel Arteta is demanding his goalkeepers play. But I just, I don't know. I, I really did think that Mikel would go, you know what, Aaron, you deserve this. You deserve to be the one in goal, um, you know, and, and walking out with the team on our return to the Champions League. And he, he didn't do that. He, he shows a ruthless side to Mikel Arteta. I was having this conversation with somebody earlier, and I do believe that Mikel Arteta would have informed Aaron Ramsdale of this decision, I think, ahead of time. I know people say that, you know, you want to keep that competition going. So what you do is you keep them both on their toes. You keep them both on edge. You keep them both guessing who's going to play. And that will elevate their levels in training and all the rest of it. But I really do think that at the start of David Raya coming in, now we weren't to know that he was going to play tonight, but I think Mikel Arteta would have probably sat Aaron Ramsdale down and said, look, I'm going to give this guy a run of games. Um, but yeah, just looking at the pictures of, of Ramsdale sitting on the bench, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. But as I say, you can't fault David Raya. I thought he had an excellent game. There was another couple of changes that Mikel Arteta made from the side that beat Everton at the weekend. Kai Havertz came into the side for Fabio Vieira and Gabriel Jesus came in for Eddie Enketia. Listen, Jesus looked in tip-top form tonight. And on that basis, for me, he's got to start the North London derby. I mean, when they're both fit and firing, I don't think there's any competition. I think that Gabriel Jesus brings a whole nother dynamic and is a far more complete centre-forward than Eddie Nketiah. That's not to knock Eddie or to criticise him. I think he's been brilliant, generally speaking, for Arsenal. But yeah, um, Gabriel Jesus, for me now, has to start at the weekend after that performance because he was sublime tonight. Um, he got on the score sheet. He was a constant nuisance to the PSV defence. He's still building up his fitness as well. You know, he's been out for um, a long time last season, got himself back on track and then suffered that injury at the start of this season, it was a recurrence of the problem that he had previously, or it was at least related. Um, and he's got to build his fitness back up and he's, he's got to get himself back up into tip-top shape. And he's doing that uh, gradually. And he did it tonight with a goal. That's consecutive goals in consecutive games or goals in consecutive games, I should say, for Gabriel Jesus at Emirates Stadium. And, and you can't really ask for much more than that. So we started the game really, really well. I thought I'm really comfortable in possession. It was clear very, very early on that PSV Eindhoven were going to come out and play us. 
You know, they weren't here to sit back. They weren't here to soak up pressure or anything like that. They were literally here to, um, to make a go of it, to make a game of it. I'd spoken to Andy Brassel in the uh, Group B preview show that we did, which I'm sure a lot of you have checked out. And one of the things he said was that Peter Bosch is a manager who will come and only play his way and he won't try anything else. He won't do anything else. He won't be willing to concede on his principles or, or to compromise on his principles. And that was exactly what we saw tonight. Andy was spot on because PSV came here. They tried to play an open an expansive game. They tried to use Noah Lang and Johan Bakayoku in the wide positions um, to, to pull Arsenal apart. De Jong was a bit of a statue up front for me. I thought he, he I thought he lacked that mobility that you kind of need to trouble Gabriel and Saliba, who are not only physical like De Jong, but have that mobility to eat up the ground in front of them. And any balls in behind, you know, they're going to be favourites um, to those. So, yeah, um, I thought the defence had a, a reasonably easy night. Um, but yeah, we started the game well, looked like we were on the front foot. It felt like the attack really clicked tonight for the first time this season, you have to say. And uh, Bukayo Saka gets his first Champions League goal on his first Champions League appearance. It took him just eight minutes to find the back of the net. He pounced on a rebound off the back of a Martin Odegaard shot. And that set Arsenal on their way. Just around about 12 minutes later, Leandro Trossard, of course, got the second goal. And he must be watching Martin Odegaard in training, the way he sort of ran onto it on the edge of the box, obviously with his right foot rather than his left, as Odegaard would have. And he just found that bottom corner. It was a brilliant finish. We got the trademark celebration. And uh, Leandro Trossard, who, whose confidence maybe took a bit of a kick in at the end of last season, you know, when people were talking about him not having scored for a period of time. And then he starts this season not playing uh, week in, week out, not starting games. He gets his opportunity when Martinelli picked up that injury. And you have to say he's taken it with both hands so far because he scored the winning goal at Everton and he scored the second goal for Arsenal today. Clearly, I think there's an intention to start him in the North London derby at the weekend. Otherwise, I don't think Mikel Arteta would have hooked him off. Um, so maybe that's a little bit of a hint and a clue as to what we might see at the weekend. And then Trossard was involved in the third goal as well, just 18 minutes after he had netted. Uh, he clipped a lovely ball into Gabriel Jesus, who was inside the box, managed to bring it down and just rifled it uh, into the top left-hand corner uh, to give, of course, uh, Arsenal a three-goal lead. And he just looked so sharp, didn't he? Looked so sharp throughout Gabriel Jesus. Glad he came off at the end so that we could save him a little bit. Um, but he was brilliant. And look, half-time came and Arsenal had won the game, if we're being uh, frank about it. You know, you always say that it's never over until it's over and that you shouldn't get complacent and you can't afford to switch off, particularly at this level, at Champions League level. But Arsenal were, were in cruise control at half-time. And you knew, you got the feeling that the second half was going to be, I don't want to say a damp squib because we got to see some of the substitutes come on and, and show what they can do. And, and you have to say Nelson Smith-Rowe Vieira in particular looked really, really sharp. Um, but it was always going to be a, a second half that was played in second gear from an Arsenal perspective. And then Martin Odegaard on 70 minutes pops up with the fourth goal. And what a strike that was. He's getting better and better at either coming onto the ball on the edge of the box and striking first time or when he does receive the ball around about the D area, just sort of having one thing in mind, dropping the shoulder either left or right, creating that half a yard of space and then finding those bottom corners. He's, he's really added goals to his game last season and he's continued to do that into this season. I think that's his third or fourth goal of the campaign off the top of my head so far, which is a good return 
for a midfield player. Look, lots of people saying in the comments that they enjoyed that tonight. Me too. I really, really, really enjoyed that. Um, as I say, it was the first time this season I felt like Arsenal's attack was right at it. And I know that that's partly down to the way that PSV Eindhoven played. The fact they were quite open in certain areas. The fact that they were happy to try and take the game to us. Not too concerned by the spaces that that would leave him behind. Um, but yeah, I, I just a great night overall. A little bit about the mood and the atmosphere here, because that was great too. You know, I got here nice and early. I did a little piece on TV. So I had to be here nice and early. Um, the rain had started, but it didn't dampen anybody's spirits. And, and obviously the occasion was a big one for us. You know, back in this competition for the first time in six years, 2016-17 was the last time that Arsenal played in Europe's premier competition. And the anticipation, the buzz around the place was great, even with the weather being as bad as it is and was. Um, but yeah, I got here nice and early. I went into the club shop. Um, I try and avoid that uh, more often than not, because every time I go in there, I, I seem to spend whatever money uh, I'm earning working, which is not a good look. Um, so uh, when in there, there was a DJ, they were playing the UEFA Champions League anthem and various other uh, sort of tunes to get people going. Um, the atmosphere was great. And then when I got into the stadium, you know, normally the, the, the sort of press get in maybe two and a half, three hours before kickoff. Um, and uh, everybody else starts to come in around about two hours before kickoff. Normally people trickle in slowly, but there were so many people in here at about quarter to eight, ready for the light show, ready for the Champions League anthem, ready for uh, what was to come, which is a big, big night here at Emirates Stadium. And it's the perfect outcome because not only did we get a 4-0 win over PSV, a side that I expect to rival us um, in the group or, or be one of the closest rivals in the group. There was a draw between uh, Sevilla and Lens as well, um, which obviously helps. It means we've got a two-point cushion at the top of the group. And, um, and I don't feel like we exerted ourselves too much ahead of what's a massive, massive game on Sunday. I thought Arteta... Um, used his bench really, really well tonight, made changes uh, when he needed to um, in terms of protecting players, but also giving players minutes that needed them. Emil Smith-Rowe and Reese Nelson, for example, they really needed those minutes. Fabio Vieira has been on pretty frequently so far this season. Takahiro Tomiyasu has been on pretty frequently too. So I think Arteta had that in mind, you know, that there are certain players that need minutes, get them on in the Champions League, give them that bit of experience, etc., etc. So yeah, really, really great stuff. I'm really, really pleased uh, with the team's performance tonight. Should we do some player ratings? I think we'll do some uh, player ratings as well um, before uh, we bid you a farewell. I am coming to you live from Emirates Stadium. That explains the background noise. Uh, for those of you that are listening on audio and can't see where I am, I'm sitting in the press box at the moment, uh, just finishing up. I'm actually missing the press conference, but uh, I figured I'd do this tonight instead um, and I can catch up on the press conference a little bit later on. Um, I don't think there's anything too interesting to ask Mikel Arteta. I think he will be asked, of course, uh, about the decision to play David Raya uh, instead of Aaron Ramsdale. But what kind of answer is he going to give? We all know. What kind of answer Mikel Arteta is going to give? He doesn't feel the need to explain himself to anyone. And I don't think he's going to start uh, doing that tonight. Um, get some questions in the live chat as well. What I'll do is I'll go through my player ratings and then I'll take a load of your questions as well uh, before I sign out. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the like button. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're... 
Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brand spanking new. We've got 150-odd likes on the board. No reason why we shouldn't have 300 because there's over 600 of you with me live right now, which is incredible. Thank you all so much uh, for your support. I know people want to watch the TV coverage straight after a game. So to see so many of you here uh, with me is incredible. Remember, if you're listening on audio, leave us a review. And if you want to support the podcast and support uh, the work that I do, get access to our premium content. Uh, the next uh, bit uh, of which is dropping on Friday, which is going to be a QA and a uh, with our members' questions, then please do check out the Another Slice proposition. The link is in the description below. Lots of you commenting about the headphones. We did mention this um, earlier on today. Listen, the headphones are going. Look, they're wrecked. They're finished. My new pair uh, turned up today. I have to say, I don't really use uh, these that often anymore. They're very much my uh, spares in the bag for any emergencies or any issues. Uh, but I thought I'd pull them out tonight uh, for this one. Their farewell um, to the Chronicles of Aguda podcast comes in Arsenal's first game back in the UEFA Champions League. Right. Anyway, let's do uh, those player ratings. Let's um, let's bring up uh, my little graphic. Where are we? Hold on a second. Uh, and we'll run through the starting 11 um, in terms of player ratings. Let's start off uh, with David Raya, who, of course, started in between the sticks, his first Champions League appearance as well. I think David Raya was solid in everything he did without at any point um, having to be spectacular. So I'm going to give David Raya, I think, a... I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. I don't think you can give him more than that because he wasn't that busy. Um, but also, you know, some people might look at 7 as a mediocre rating. I'd say a 6 is a mediocre rating. A 7 is just above that. As I said, I can't go any further because I don't think he had that much to do. Let's start. Let's go to... Actually, let's go to right back at Ben White. I'm going to give Ben White a seven and a half, actually. Um, when, I, when it says 75, it means 7.5. It doesn't allow me to put decimal points uh, in this graphic. So um, De Declan White, I almost said. Ben White gets a seven and a half for me for his performance. I thought defensively he was really good. Not always easy to contain that pairing of Serginho Dest and uh, Noah Lang uh, on that left-hand side. I thought he did it pretty well for the most part. Also got forward. Uh, to good effect on occasions as well, down the right-hand side. So White gets a seven and a half for me. I, I like this. Keep your ratings coming in the live chat alongside me. That's great to see. Um, moving into the right side of central defence, William Saliba. Uh, I'm going to give Saliba, I'm going to give him an eight, actually. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, there were a couple of occasions where he sort of just stepped in and showed his dominance and 
stopped transitions and uh, and won the ball back in sort of higher up positions. He also carried it out brilliantly at times, stepped into midfield, um, and, it, and he just looked like the Rolls-Royce of a centre-back that we all know he is. So William Saliba gets an eight for me. Gabriel, I'm going to give him a seven, not because I thought he was bad. Um, same applies to kind of David as David Raya, basically, where he had a decent enough game, didn't have too much to do, but what he did do, thought he did well, didn't really have to fight too much with uh, with De Jong because he had the beating of him across the ground. He had the beating of him one-on-one situations. And in terms of physicality, where we usually see De Jong like put himself about and try and gain advantages that way, he had no joy doing that against Gabriel. I'm going to give Zinchenko a seven as well. Um, again, you know, not at his brilliant best, I didn't think, but he did what he had to do well and right and comfortably. And, um, you know, he is re- very much... Um, a positive for us in terms of the way that we progress the ball um, from defence into midfield, always looking to break the lines at every opportunity, but also um, stepping into midfield and supporting Declan Rice in those situations where he can become a bit isolated by the fact that he's playing with Havertz and Odegaard. Uh, Moving into midfield, Declan Rice, he's going to get an eight for me in midfield. So dominant. His first performance in the uh, first appearance in the Champions League. Obviously, he had success in the Europa Conference League last season with West Ham United, but that's a whole different ball game, isn't it? Um, it's a whole different level. Um, he stepped up a level coming to Arsenal and he stepped up another level by playing in the Champions League and he looked just as dominant, just as in control, uh, just as commanding. And, um, and he, again, I keep talking about that combination of Havertz and Odegaard as two attacking midfielders, if you like. And that is facilitated by Declan's mobility, by Declan's power, by Declan's reading of the game. Um, The more I watch this guy play, the more I believe he is absolutely 100% worth the £100 million that we paid for him. Kai Havertz, um, this is probably going to be one that divides opinion. I'm going to give him a seven. Um, I thought he was decent in the build-up. I thought he won the ball back a fair few times, worked quite hard. Um, and I've looked at the statistics uh, during the game to kind of back that claim up because uh, I was like, are my eyes deceiving me? I would have liked to have seen a bit more from him in the final third. I would have liked to have seen him get a goal. Uh, I tweeted just after half time that it would be brilliant if he could get on the goal score uh, ring sheet and, um, and what that would do for his confidence. But listen, you know, are we going to sit here and beat up Kai Havertz um, after... Uh, what was an okay performance? It wasn't a great performance. It wasn't a special performance. But I thought, he, he as Avon says in the chat, um, I think he grew into it. He really, really did. And I think um, M says Havertz did everything well, bar an assist or a goal. I agree with that. He is lacking in confidence, as Abdullah points out in the chat. Um, I wouldn't give him a six and a half, but he is lacking in, in confidence. And that confidence is going to come when he has his moment. And you get the impression... And that moment is not that far away. He's too good a player to not produce a moment um, in the near future. And, um, you you know, when the attack clicks like that, it doesn't really matter if Kai Havertz is still finding his way, still finding his feet, because we're not overly reliant on his outputs. And, and, you know, that's what you want. You want the team to function well. And that means that it's a safer environment for players that are coming in, gives them more time to adapt, more time to find their feet and more time... um, to essentially find their way um, in Mikel Arteta's side of Mikel Arteta's system. The point I keep making in defence of Kai Havertz, and I've made it over and over again, is that for me, um, people need to realise that he's gone from playing as a centre-forward for the past couple of years to now playing as a central midfielder. That's a very, very different role. And it takes time 
to change your mindset. There's, there's times where, you know, I look at him and I think, why aren't you busting a gut to get in the box? And then I think to myself, maybe he's that little bit reserved in terms of his forward movements because he's fearful of leaving spaces in behind. When you are not comfortable with a particular role and you're not sure about certain aspects, that will cause hesitation. And that therefore causes a delay in terms of getting involved in attacks when we're breaking and when we're on the transition. Also, though, I think because he holds such a high up position, I think he attracts the... Um, you know, I think he attracts the attention of defenders and attracts the attention of the opposition, which therefore creates space for other players as well. So he gets a seven for me. Um, it's not all bad with Kai Havertz. Uh, Martin Odegaard, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Uh, I didn't think it was his greatest performance tonight. He was good enough, as good as Martin Odegaard always is in terms of his base level of performance. But the, the goal for me was brilliant. And that's the extra half that I'm going to give him. Uh, out on the left-hand side, Leandro Trossard, who started, I'm only doing the players that started the game, by the way. I'm going to give him an eight, uh, a wonderful goal and a wonderful assist. I also thought he was brilliant uh, outside of that as well on that left-hand side. He caused uh, PSV all sorts of problems, some silky touches, uh, some beautiful pickouts, and as I mentioned, a brilliant goal. On the right-hand side, I'm going to give Saka a seven. Um, not bad, obviously, and obviously got his first goal in the Champions League, which is a big deal. Uh, for Bukayo Saka, but not at his best again. But when others are, it doesn't really matter and it doesn't cause us too much of a problem. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm delighted um, with uh, with the overall performance. Saka was a part of that, so I couldn't give him less than a seven. Um, lots of you saying that I should be giving Odegaard more. <sighs> Do you know what? I'll, I'll up it. I'll up it to eight. I'll up it to eight, but I'm not going any further than that. Uh, and then at centre forward, Gabriel Jesus, who I'm also going to give an eight because of how he was buzzing around up front, causing people problems, scored an excellent goal. The link-up play um, is brilliant with him in the team. I also think it makes Kai Havertz look better. I think it makes Trossard look better. I love um, Eddie Nketiah and what he's doing, but, uh, you know, Jesus just really elevates the level for me. I, I really do believe that. Right, just going to go for a couple more minutes. Um, so if you've got a question get it in. I'll pick out a couple of those uh, before I say goodbye. I know the stewards here as well are waiting to go home and the sooner I vacate the press box, the sooner they can get off as well. Uh, so get your questions in. We'll take a couple. Um, nearly 800 of you with us live right now. Guys, please leave a like on the video. Um, it really, really does help. Subscribe as well uh, to the channel if you haven't done so already. Can we get to 500 likes? That would be amazing. Um, get involved. If you're listening on audio, leave us a review. You know the drill by now. Um, right. Let's um, let's have a look then at some uh, of your questions. Uh, super Chats. Is there Super Chats? I must have missed those. I think I've got one here that I can see. Uh, Sports Genius says, is Trossard better than Martinelli? I don't think he's better than Martinelli. I think he's different to Martinelli. I think he offers very different things. I think Martinelli's more direct, more pacey, and more of a threat in behind. I think Trossard's a little bit cuter has a little bit more guile to his game. Um, so they bring different things, uh, in my opinion. Um, what else have we got uh, in the chat? Um, Ivan says, who are you starting in goal at the weekend, Harry? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If I had to guess now, I'd say it's Raya because he's come into the team. He hasn't put a foot wrong. He's kept two clean sheets on the bounce, one away at Everton, one in the Champions League. So I'd imagine it's going to be David Raya I wouldn't have a problem with Ramsdale coming back in, but I'd also be a little bit concerned about bringing him in back cold now, having missed a couple of games. So I guess I'm slightly leaning towards uh, Raya at this point. Um, 
Jean Rene says, favourite player tonight. I'm going to go with Trossard. Uh, I thought he was superb. Um, lots of questions about the goalkeeper. Um, we've, we've addressed that already, so uh, I'll skip those. But um, <laughs> I've seen this steward 593 getting restless, Harry. Yeah, probably. Uh, probably he's hovering around. <laughs> Uh, Louis Robson says start Havertz on Sunday. Um, I think he will. I think he will. Um, I really, really do. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You know, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I wonder if there are going to be similarities on Sunday um, between that game and this game in that our opposition are expected to come here and play. Will Ange Postacoglu be as naive, if you like, as Peter Bosch uh, was tonight? Um, I don't know if he is. Uh, we'll have a field day, but um, I don't expect him to play in the exact same way. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see. But Sunday's going to be a fascinating game. Obviously, we're going to preview that. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get old Dan DeLuca on the podcast as well uh, to get a Spurs perspective uh, before that game. And um, and yeah, all attention turns to that now. It really does. But uh, Danny says, we have our Arsenal back. And make sure you check out the Burkhap Wonderland podcast. Danny is the head honcho of his a brilliant show. Uh, one of my favourites. Do check it out. Uh, go over there and subscribe. Danny's right. It does feel like we've got our Arsenal back. We're back in Europe's Premier competition, back in the Champions League. We've got expectations in the Champions League as well, which is something that we haven't felt for a long time. Um, a great start to the group. Three points on the board. The other two sides uh, in the uh, in the group uh, drawing as well, 1-1, which was a great result for us. Sevilla will be disappointed they didn't pick up all three points at home to Lons. I know Sevilla aren't in great shape, but in the in terms of the dynamic of this group, I think for them, uh, three points would have been pretty important. Um, yeah, I uh, just want to say thank you uh, before I say goodbye uh, to those of you that are tuned in. I've just looked and over 5,000 of you have popped into the stream uh, since we started it, which is incredible. Um, lots of love for the headphones. Uh, farewell to these headphones. They've served me well. Uh, they were the headphones I recorded my first ever podcast with. And now, look, um, I'm here at the Emirates Stadium using them to report on a Champions League game. Well, I didn't use them to report on the game. I used my radio set, but, you know, they're with me uh, for the post-match pod, uh, which is incredible. Um so, yeah, farewell to the headphones. Farewell to you guys as well. Like, subscribe. You know the drill by now. And um, if you've got questions that I didn't get to answer, then please do pop them uh, in the comments section once the stream is over. And then I'll be able to pick those up tomorrow and we can add them uh, into the podcast that we do then. So on Thursday's edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Guys, thank you uh, so, so much. Great night here at Emirates Stadium. I'll just... Um, pan the camera around for you just for one uh, final glimpse before we go look at that the rain seems to have slowed down a little bit it's still chucking it down uh, but it's nowhere near uh, as bad as it was five ten minutes ago so hopefully uh, i can get to somewhere where i can get an uber from uh, without getting too drenched i'll see you all tomorrow until then take care guys all the best goodbye i'm martin tyler and you're listening to harry Simeon. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 